At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time, only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You're listening to the Huddle Up Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle and 24-7 Sports. Powered by Overtime Media, I'm your host, Chad Jensen. With me once again, he has returned victorious from his vacation to take his rightful place as the co-host of this <laughs> show, Zach Kelberman, the your Denver Broncos reporter for 24-7 Sports. Dude, we've made it through another week of podcasting, and there's not a whole lot to talk about today. we got some VIP questions, some Twitter questions we're going to dive into here shortly, but... What are you hearing uh, about Emmanuel Sanders? What he, the last thing he said about these two young wideouts? Yeah, he's really, really high on Deshaun Hamilton and Cortland Sutton. I mean, for a guy who's probably on his way out of the Broncos after this year, potentially, you know, he thinks that they're in good hands at that position. He made a, he, you know, had an interview and he made some comments and said, you know, he's gonna be ready for Week One. But buried in that story, he talks about Sutton and Hamilton, and he said. I've been around a lot of great receivers, and those two, they have the personality traits to be great players in this league because they want to be great and they understand it. And for uh, that to rub off from both guys after only one year in this league for two raw receivers on a veteran like Emmanuel Sanders, uh, I think the Broncos are in good hands. It's very optimistic to hear, and it's, I give uh, Sanders credit, too, for being honest and being truthful and being a good teammate. Absolutely, absolutely. And like I've, I've been saying the last week or so, like, I think you you missed that uh, fan-sided bold predictions. Actually, you referenced it. I don't know if you read it because you brought up yesterday's on yesterday's pod how someone put out a bold prediction <clears throat> that Bradley Chubb would get more sacks than Vaughn Miller. Yeah, and that how you had already talked about that you know long time ago. That same dude, one of his bold predictions was something to the effect of Noah Fant will lead the Broncos in receptions. I think it was or something like that, and. Eric and I went through and rebutted that whole entire five bold predictions article because we don't frankly have anything else to talk about. And one of the things that I said is what's more realistic to me, I could see Noah Fant, for example, leading the team in touchdown receptions this year. I could see that. I doubt it, but I could see it. What to me would be more feasible, believe it or not, is Deshaun Hamilton finishing the season as the leader in receptions because we don't know how and when exactly Emmanuel Sanders is going to return. You know, he's he's yeah. talked about week one, and that's great, you know, and probably that's how it's going to shake out. But then, as you like to say, he's entering his age 32 season. What version 
of Emmanuel Sanders or the Broncos going to get probably the similar player from last year. I mean, that would be my guess, but there's a chance Deshaun Hamilton might play a heck of a lot more in 2019 than most fans realize. At best, he's the wide receiver two across from Cortland Sutton. You know, and at worst, he's wide receiver three, but I think there's big things in store for both those guys this year. I do too. And honestly, if one of either Sutton or Deshaun Hamilton don't lead the Broncos in receptions or yards, something's wrong this year. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders should be a nice complimentary piece, a nice burner for Joe Flacco, and he should be a good mentor and a good locker room presence and a good teammate. Uh, But yeah, the the changing in the guard is already happening and, and Sutton and Hamilton are the future. In terms of Noah Fant, though, that's a super, super hot, spicy take. I don't know if I touched that uh, leading the Broncos in in receiving this year. Maybe touchdowns I could see, Chad, in the red zone. Just throw up the ball, let him use his athleticism and get it there. Um, But, yeah, I would think that touchdowns and and receptions more more go toward uh, Sutton and, and Hamilton, especially in the red zone, especially with Joe Flacco. One of the other things, I'll just throw this your way, because listeners haven't heard your take on this, that this dude, and by the way, Again, normally we're not going to give some nameless dude that none of us even know who he is this much time. But again, there's just nothing to talk about, dude. One of the bold predictions, though, and the reason we ended up addressing it was a request from from a listener. But he talked about, Zach, one of his bold predictions that John Elway will not be with the Broncos after 2019. What are your thoughts on that? I mean, there's no way they can go. They can go 0 and 16 this year. He'll still be back in 2020. I mean, it would take some a scandal of of Trump-like proportions to uh, you know a Robert Mueller to take him down. So I don't think it's going to happen at all. Uh, he'll be with the Broncos for at least another couple of years. Hey, while I'm thinking of it, I don't know if you saw this stat that Pro Football Focus tweeted out a couple of days ago, but the Denver Broncos projected starting trio of cornerbacks combined allowed only two touchdowns in coverage last year which is insane dude that is absolutely nutty now that's no guarantee that chris harris kareem jackson and bryce callahan are going to you know duplicate a similar performance two of which are in new you know football environs but that to me is just a stunning statistic yeah, it is, and especially when you consider the coaching that was going on last year. It's just it, it speaks to the level of, of the talent in that secondary, and it speaks to the potential they have now under Vic Fangio and Ed Donatel. I mean, the potential there and, and who they added to that secondary, it's just phenomenal, and, and the upside is through the roof. All right, so we have the VIP mailbag. We're going to take a question or two from Twitter. We're going to take a question or two from YouTube. We're going to get to that here in just a second. First, though, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod for multiple reasons. One, so that when we do put out call-outs for mailbags and questions and ideas and things like that, you're there, you're involved, you're engaged, and, and you can participate. Also, it's just the best way to keep your finger on the pulse of what's happening with the show in real time. If you're on YouTube, keep doing what you're doing, liking, commenting, share these podcast videos out on social media. That's a great way to help support the show. And if you're on iTunes, as always, Zach and I really appreciate it. If you leave us a creative review, let us know how we're doing. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 
Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. All right, Zach, it is that time of the week where we take a peek inside the Mile High Mailbag because Zach and I are your football priests, and each and every week we're here to offer you the absolution and the answers to your burning Broncos questions. And this first one we're going to take from YouTube, okay? This question comes from a gentleman by the name of, on YouTube anyway, Eclipse Stormborn, Okay. Fantastic name in a little, very literal sense. He says, hey, I apologize for dragging my feet on joining the VIP, but most certainly will soon. I'm on the East Coast in Philly, Pennsylvania, so I'm always late. But my question is, do you guys think Philip Lindsay could be the equivalent of a Rod Smith? Undrafted, playing with a chip, but also super productive and a major contributor to winning seasons and Super Bowl wins. Thank you. Love you guys. Keep up the great work, and I will VIP soon. Eclipse Stormborn, if one day you VIP, that's the highest compliment you can pay us. It's also a great way for you to kind of take your your Broncos fandom to that next level. So, you know, when you can, when it's feasible for you, appreciate it. But until then, just keep doing what you're doing, staying engaged. Zach, Philip Lindsay being an equivalent of Rod Smith, undrafted, chip on his shoulder, productive. What are your thoughts for Eclipse Stormborn? I, I like it. I like the comparison. I mean, I, based on one year, an historic year, a Pro Bowl year, he's already that entering that level of, of fandom in the Broncos fan base and that level of lore. And I think he could be that down the road. But it's going to take the, the, the sum of all the Broncos parts. He's going to be a factor, a main factor, but not the only factor. All those things have to come together for the Broncos to go on a run and get back to the playoffs before we can even start talking about winning another title. I mean, we have to take it slow here. But in terms of one-on-one ability and you compare the players in terms of undrafted status and productivity, yeah, he's well on his way to being in that same tier eventually. Rod Smith does not get enough freaking credit. You know, undrafted, he has over 11,000, dude, 11,000 career yards. Entered the league as a former college quarterback in 95, hung up his cleats following the 2006 season. So that was Cutler's first no, no, no. That was Jake Plummer's final year in which Plummer or uh, Cutler finished the year, and that was the season also that Darren Williams was killed at the end, unfortunately, in a tragic way. But Rod Smith, when he hung up his cleats, not only was he a two-time Super Bowl champion, he'd been to multiple Pro Bowls, and he had 11,389 yards. Now, where that puts him, Zach, in the all-time annals, He's ranked 32nd all-time among receivers in yards, career yards. But what really bolsters and why I think that it's a massive snub, he's, I mean, he's never in the conversation even for the Hall of Fame, is the fact that A, he had all that production as an undrafted player, and B, he did contribute to what the Hall of Fame over all these decades has coveted and relished most in their candidates, which is Super Bowl rings, double Super Bowl ring. So I I just wish he would get more 
more credit in that sense in Denver and in the Rocky Mountain region. Obviously, Rod Smith is a freaking legend. The team keeps him close. He comes in, you know, he'll he'll talk to the team at times. He'll you know make an appearance at training camp and hang out with the wide receivers, teach him some things, give him speeches, motivation, and all that. Philip Lindsay, as exciting as that first year, that rookie year was for him, dude, he's got a long road left to hoe to come even close to making the kind of dent that Rod Smith did. And it's not quite apples to apples because Rod Smith was a wide receiver and obviously Philip Lindsay is, is a running back. But that doesn't say, as Zach said, I, th- I think great things are continue to be on the horizon for Philip Lindsay. And where are we? We're, on, we're recording this uh, first week of July. I mean, Zach, training camp's just a couple weeks away where we finally right. get to see whether or not Philip Lindsay actually hits the ground running un- unencumbered, full contact, full go from the medical staff. I mean, yeah, he has to prove exactly, Chad, that he's even healthy right now and can and be a, a full-time running back and then first have to maintain his starting job because, you know, the Broncos are not going to hand anything to him. Royce Freeman's in there. Devontae Booker's in there. He's going to be a major factor. He's always going to be the key cog when he's healthy, but he has to prove he wasn't a one-year wonder. He has to prove he wasn't a flash in the pan. And if he can do that consistently and he can put some uh, good seasons together, he can be a Rod Smith eventually. But, you know, like you and I are both saying, it's uh, baby steps for this franchise right now. They have a long way to go to get back to those glory years. Dude, Jerry Rice, I'm looking at the records right now. His receiving yards record will never be broken. I think, I mean, Larry Fitzgerald, he's been in the league for like 39 years now, and he's still freaking 6,000 yards, more than 6,500 yards away from (laughs) Jerry Rice. Jerry finished his career playing from 1985 through 2004. And by the way, most Broncos fans might remember this, he actually retired as a Bronco. Now, you know, I don't know exactly how it played out if he went back, and I can't remember now if he went back and signed like a one-day contract with the Niners or something, but... His, the last team in which he suited up, that was the Denver Broncos. Mike Shanahan brought him in 04 to uh, ostensibly, you know, as a former Raider, come into and, and team up with Jake Plummer and all that. Didn't work out. If I recall right, he might have gotten hurt too a little bit in camp. He was old, man, by that point. He was, he'd been in the league uh, 20 years. I think it was his 20th season, if I'm not mistaken. And then he ended up retiring before the regular season. But, dude, 22,000. 895 receiving yards. The next closest guy is Larry Fitzgerald at number two with 16,279. And then it goes Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Isaac Bruce, Tony Gonzalez. Sometimes I forget how prolific he was. 15,000 yards, sixth all time, and he was a tight end. Tim Brown's number seven. Steve Smith of the Carolina Panthers and Baltimore Ravens. Marvin Harrison and Reggie Wayne. That, That rounds out the top ten. You know, it's Broncos legend Jerry Rice. It's really insane what he's done, what he did in his career. And and some of these records that still stand, it's nice to see that, you know, it's always going to stand, it seems like. No one's even come close. I was thinking Megatron's going to be somewhere near there if he continued his playing career. But uh, it's it's truly a hard feat to get to. So anyone to be up in that that tier is certainly worthy of being an all-time great. Yeah. Megatron finished with 11,619, so he was only 300 yards more than Rod Smith, but he played almost half as half as long, you know. Mm. So a couple other Johnsons on that list. You got uh, Andre Johnson, who's listed at 11th with 14,000, and Chad Johnson, Ocho Cinco at 11,000, or excuse me, uh, 11,000, yeah, 59. So and anyway, we kind of digress, but... We'll see how it shakes out for Philip Lindsay. We're all 
obviously it goes without saying, excited to see whether or not he can duplicate what he did last year in his in his second season and and prove all of his doubters in the NFL, especially NFL front offices, wrong. All right, this next one, Zach, comes from a fella by the name of Jacob Doan on Twitter, at Jacob Doan. He says, what are your guys' most hated AFC West team? For me, it's the Chiefs, and I'm hoping that this is the year that we beat them. I'm tired of going 0-2 against Kansas City, which I – Absolutely agree. It sucks. It's one of the worst things. I'll take this one, Zach, because I know you didn't, uh, you know, I'll serve it over to you, but I know you didn't grow up Broncos guy. So here's what I'll say. Growing up, uh, Raiders were by far the most hated, in my mind, AFC West uh, division rival for the Denver Broncos. And it stayed that way for a long time. You know, obviously it's been quite a while since the Raiders were anything more than a short-term flash in the pan. I mean, they went from 02, in which they appeared in the Super Bowl. No, that was 03. 03. They lost, of course, to Tampa Bay that year in the Super Bowl. They went from that year until what I think it was 2016 when Derek Carr broke his leg. But, you know, they had they had won double digit games, made it to the playoffs that year without, of course, the last couple of games without Derek Carr. That was their first playoff appearance. And so it, since, since 03, since they had appeared in that Super Bowl. And so because of that, it's hard to. You know, all the animosity and the, that, the emotion and juice of the rivalry, I think most fans can, can relate to me and when, when I say it kind of died down. And you start kind of focusing your ire on the competitive rivals, which have been the last 10, well, since that Super Bowl, it's been Phillip Rivers and the Chargers for quite a while there. I mean, they, they especially back when Rivers and Jake, uh, Jay Cutler would go back and forth for a couple years there, that was always fun to see. And then lately, of course, it's it's the Kansas City Chiefs. The Broncos haven't beaten them since week two of the 2015 season. So I got to agree with Jacob here that right now I think most fans would relate to that it's got to be the Kansas City Chiefs, Zach, because they're the most dominant, they're the most prolific. And unfortunately, I hate to say it, but they're not going away anytime soon. Patrick Mahomes is just entering his third year. Yeah, you know, I can put myself in a Broncos fan's shoes, and if I'm taking the temperature correctly, I can say that the Raiders are that annoying team you have no respect for, whereas I feel Broncos fans at least respect Phillip Rivers' game and respect that he's a great quarterback, and the same thing with Patrick Mahomes. I mean, as bad as those playoff records are for both teams and the lack of success in recent years, they are still perennial contenders, and the Broncos haven't been, and they have two of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Uh, I would say, yeah, I would say it's the Chiefs right now, but in the, maybe in the past it was the Raiders. It was that traditional rivalry, but you always want to be the number one, and right now the Chiefs have that spot, and the Broncos feel like they should have that spot. But until they knock them off their thrones, it, it's going to be tough for them. So I uh, most hated definitely the Chiefs right now. Yeah, but growing up in the 80s and 90s, I hated the Raiders more than any other team in the NFL. But, you know, if, you, if they don't bring the thunder, if they're not a threat, it's hard to really – Feed the rivalry. So we'll see where it goes. Now, we'll see what's left also here in the Mile High Mailbag. First, though, we got to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. All right, Zach. Let's answer this final question in the mailbag for today. Not a lot going on. A lot of fans, obviously, and listeners kind of unplugged and away because this is a holiday weekend for everybody. I think a lot of people, because the 4th of July is landing on a Thursday this year, most businesses, a lot anyway, unless you're in retail, 
are off on that Thursday. And so a lot of people are either giving Friday off as well or taking Friday off so they can have a four-day weekend. More power to you. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy your vacation if you take one. But here's one last question that Zach and I are going to take, and then we'll get out of here as well and enjoy our weekends. It comes from JT, at jthomas89 on Twitter. Zach, here's what he said. Guys, I've touched on this in a previous question regarding the high amount of free agents we have and who we could retain. I want to know, who do you see that we could bring in to replace losses from other teams that guys of the guys that are set to hit free agency? Thanks, guys. As always, JT. Zach, anything off... <clears throat> Zach, anything off the top of your head that you see there as far as someone you know? I can pull up from Spot Track who some of the players are hitting free agency next year, but the Broncos do have a lot of guys poised to hit those open waters. Yeah, I, I would consider the Broncos you know, would lock their own players down before exploring outside free agents. They definitely have some players that I think are must-keeps, like Justin Simmons. I believe he's in a contract year, if I'm not mistaken, Chad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and, and Adam Gotsis is up there, and you because know, I think one of Gotsis or Derek Wolf would be gone next year. I think I'd keep the the player, but the most upside, and that might be Adam Gotsis, Will Parks, uh, Devontae Booker. There's so many Connor McGovern. There's so many players that they want to look to keep, and I think the Broncos are going to have more money next year, but that would be allocated more toward keeping their own players. Whereas this year they splurge on outside guys, so that's where I feel like they'll go next off season. All right, so I'm pulling it up here on Spot Track. We'll see what, <clears throat> what we can find. Yes, the Denver Broncos, okay, look at it like this. Pretty much, well, not pretty much, because Paxton Lynch is gone. Every single player from the 2016 draft class is in a contract year. So that includes Gotsis, Justin Simmons, Andy Janovich, Connor McGovern, Will Parks. I think that's all that remains from that class. Plus a few other veterans like Emmanuel Sanders, Derek Wolf. You got Shelby Harris. You got uh, quite a few players, actually. So it could be a bloodbath for the Broncos, or it could be a changing of the guard. I'm sure they'll end up bringing back a few guys. But here's who the – what do you think position-wise? Let's let's do it this way. Who do you think, or what position, I should say, Zach, positions do you see as the biggest areas of need for the Denver Broncos You know, in terms of they need to bolster that next year in free agency and or the draft? I think the secondary is up there with Chris Harris Jr., you know, his future up in the, in the air and, and Kareem Jackson possibly moving to safety. And then you have two safeties and Parks and Simmons are going to be free agents. Uh, I would say the offensive line, too, because McGovern's a free agent and, and uh, James and Bowles are wild cards right now. And, and so is Reisner, for that matter. So uh, you got to bolster the, the trenches for sure and defensive line, too. So I think offensive line, defensive line, the secondary should be the priorities next year. Let's start with secondary. And one guy that I at least forgot to mention that's in a contract here of course is Chris Harris who spot track has rated as their number one free agent for 2020 at the cornerback or secondary position he's going to command some serious coin next year hopefully the Broncos are able to lock him down and he resigns and stays uh, in Denver I'm skeptical as I said when they decided to just sweeten his deal this year that I felt like that was writing on the wall but who knows never say never you got Jimmy Smith. He's old, though. He's 32. Let me look here. Age-wise, uh, Ronald Darby's going to be a free agent next year. Brandon Carr, he's pretty old, though. Age-wise, there's not not a lot jumping out. Bradley Roby, of course, but no one's going to want him back. Eric Rowe, 
Mm, there's not on the cornerback side jumping out here on spot track. It's it's slim pitch, uh, pickings, as you said. Let's look at left tackle real quick because if Garrett Bowles doesn't take off the way the team expects him and hopes that he will, they're going to replace him. Even though he's going to be under contract for at least one more year, obviously if he fails this year, they're not going to pick up his fifth-year option, and so that would put 2020 as his contract year and the Broncos looking for a new starting left tackle. Andrew or uh, Andrew Whitworth, they have listed spot track as the top free agent left tackle for 2020, but my dude is 38 years old right now, <laughs> so by then he'll be possibly 39. You got guys like Anthony Costanzo, who's also in his 30s. He's 32. Kelvin Beecham, Matt Khalil, no thank you. Greg Robinson, no thank you. Jason Peters, who's also 38. DJ Humphreys possible but he's kind of been not good in Arizona Cedric Ogbui who just signed with Jacksonville on a one-year deal I believe not a lot there at left tackle either Zach so might have to turn to the draft I uh, I wouldn't mind Costanzo at left tackle I mean he, he played pretty well for the Colts but yeah I, I would they have to go for a draft pick and and for a left tackle a franchise left tackle uh, you got to devote resources to that and same for corner I mean the, the names you listed don't excite me at all so if they want to target that next offseason, and I think I'm with you. It's hard to see Chris Harris Jr. coming back. I think he's in for this season, and he's a mercenary after that. And then we'll go forward with Callahan, and hopefully Adam pans out. But they got to start devoting resources to those positions in need. And in 2020, depending on who they bring back, they might be forced to draft for need and not draft based on BPA. Here's a guy that just jumped out to me. I, I checked on right tackles via spot track. Jack Conklin, who I know has been to a Pro Bowl with Tennessee Titans. He's their right tackle. Who knows? Maybe he could step over and play on the left side if, you know, the demand or the need was there. I don't know. But still, not a lot there. Lael Collins, he's 27. I haven't seen him play left tackle, though, in the pros, so that, that would worry me a little bit. Here's one I think we're sleeping on that we should probably take a quick look at, Zach, while we're on the topic. Linebacker. Because hopefully Todd Davis and Josie Jewell make a quantum leap forward with the Fangio bump, you know, and this isn't an issue. But I I think at least one of them, my bet is that the Broncos will be looking to replace one of them. And it'll probably be, of course, Todd Davis, because even though his contract is relatively modest, you know, it's five million bucks. If he's not starting linebacker for you next year, if you don't view him as starting caliber, in 2020, you're not going to want to pay a backup that much money. So let's see who we got. Bobby Wagner. He's going to be 31-ish next year, though. Danny Trevathan. Would you like to see Danny back here, Zach? I, I wouldn't mind it. I, I don't think he'd be the same player, but he'd definitely be at least an upgrade, I think, on what they have in Todd Davis. So that's an option to keep in mind. Let's see here. Darren Lee, who a lot of Broncos fans wanted. Uh, Ryan Shazier, unfortunately, his career, we know what happened there. Let's see who else they got. Uh, Wesley Woodyard, 34, though. That ain't happening. Kyle Van Noy. That's kind of interesting to me. Kyle Van Noy, he's going to be somewhere between 29 and 30 this time next year. He's kind of had a career resurgence with the New England Patriots. Do you think that might make sense for the Broncos next year if they were looking to you know, infuse some veteran talent at off-ball linebacker? I think they have their Van Noy and Josie Jewell. I mean, if they're going to go big game hunting for an inside linebacker, I want that difference maker. 
I would almost rather take a Darren Lee and hope he can blossom into a, a true three-down player only because of what he offers as a blitzer and in pass coverage. I don't want two of the same good run stuffing inside linebackers, and that's also kind of why I'm worried this year with Todd Davis and Jody Jules. So based on that list, uh, Trevathan would be okay, but I'm not you know, just jumping out for anyone right now. Here's a guy, Jalen Smith of Dallas. He's He's been able to, after that freakish injury that really threatened his career, he's been able to stay healthy the last year or two in Dallas, if I'm not mistaken. And he's going to be a free agent next year. He was a stud coming out into the draft you know, before he got hurt there. I don't know. That, that might be interesting. But, hey, we're quite a ways away from that. It's kind of hard, I think, for right. Zach and I to wrap our brains around what the free agent market's going to be looking like next year when we haven't even played 2019. Now, who knows? Guys like Nick Kendall, guys like Carl Dummler, maybe even Eric Trickle, they could probably tell you everything you need to know about every free agent poised for the 2020 class. So maybe uh, we'll circle back and touch on that at another date. But you know what, guys? That's got to do it for today's episode of the Huddle Up Podcast. As always, make sure you're following the show on Twitter at HuddleUpPod. Another quick thing that Zach and I want to tell you guys is as we come back or when we come back next week, again, we're in the home stretch, the final two weeks or so before training camp finally kicks off, we've got ideas and things that we want to do in terms of previewing training camp for you. But any ideas or requests you have that you, in ways that you want Zach and I to preview training camp, break down positions, roster, whatever you want us to do on that, any requests you have, submit it on Twitter, submit it in comments on YouTube, VIPs, of course, always at milehighhuddle.com on the MHH Insiders Forum. Let us know how you want us to preview your Denver Broncos for training camp, and we'll do our best to oblige. Again, we've got some of our uh, ideas of our own, but let's see what you guys have on your minds in terms of ideas there. Make sure you're following my partner here, Zach Kelberman, on Twitter, at Kelberman247, myself, at Chad and Jensen. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. Enjoy uh, the, the Independence Day weekend. There will be a fresh episode of Building the Broncos waiting for you tomorrow on Saturday, so stay tuned for that. In the meantime, for Zach Kelberman, I'm Chad Jensen. We'll talk to you on Monday. You've been listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.